be your own investor. Like let your job that sucks, that you can't wait to get out of, if you can maintain that job for, I don't know, six months, two years, however long it takes you to really get going, that's completely okay. That's what I did. And I think that was a huge reason why I've been successful. I never put all of the weight and the pressure on my business to meet all of my needs. Welcome back to the Strong Babe Collective podcast, where we are here to chat all the tools, tricks, and tangible steps that will help you call in the freedom, impact, and abundance you are here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I'm a coach, course creator, and your host, and I'm here to help you blend strategy with spirituality so that you can step into your power fully. Every week, you'll hear from me and our incredible guests on the show, so let's dive right into today's episode. Welcome back, my love, to another episode. I am so excited to be here with you. And inside of this episode, I am sharing an interview with you that I know you are going to love. I had the pleasure of sitting down with the beautiful Katie DePaula and chatting to her for a beautiful hour where we really dived into all of the things that come with entrepreneurship. So we really dive deep into so much on this episode, including the anxiety that you might feel if you feel called to starting a business, but right now you're stuck in the nine to five. Uh, we talk about time management. We talk about stepping into the next level version of you before you might feel ready. We talk about building a team and so much more inside of this episode episode. I truly feel connected to Katie on such a soul level. And I'm sure as you listen to this episode, you will really feel that where we just vibe on so many different things. And honestly, it was just such a pleasure to be able to interview Katie. And I'm so grateful to be able to share her story with you. Katie is an entrepreneur, an author, and the founder of Inner Glow Circle, an accredited training and certification company for women coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Right after starting IGC, Katie lost her brother to an accidental overdose. She's also a Lyme disease survivor, and she built her business from her bathtub, growing the company from self-funded startup to million-dollar business. Katie has turned her greatest challenges into her greatest opportunities, and she says that her business is what saved her life. Her story is so inspirational and I know that there is going to be so much inside of this episode that you are going to really resonate with and that is going to help you to make some massive shifts and up levels in your own life and business. So I'm very excited to be sharing this one with you. Before we do get into this episode, though, I wanted to let you know that it is actually brought to you by my course Next Level Launch, and the waitlist for this course is actually open right now. If you go and get yourself on the waitlist, you will be first to know when the doors open, and you will also get $200 off the enrollment fee. Next Level Launch is six weeks to sold out sales in your next course or program, all from a place of total ease, where together over six weeks, we are going to walk through the exact aligned launch process that you need to have your biggest launch ever. I am seriously so excited to be opening the doors up to this one very, very soon because honestly, launching is something that I love. Over the course of having my business, I have gone through so many different launches, ups, downs, and all over the place. And I have learned the exact proven system that allows you to launch for success. Once I figured this out in my business, I applied the same process over and over again to my private mentorships, my courses, and my smaller programs. And before I knew it, I had built a six-figure business in just six months. 
And if you are ready to step into that next level income and next level impact in your business, then next level launch is for you. Over six weeks, we are going through everything, literally from launch mindset to how to create your perfect product to this specific launch process that you need to follow for success, how to set up your systems, marketing 101, and how to sell from a place of service. Literally everything is inside of this course. Like I said, you can join the waitlist right now. And when you do, you will get $200 off the enrollment price. There's no obligation to join just by popping yourself on the waitlist, but I highly recommend that you do if you feel at all called to this course. It will give you that $200 off and it will mean that you will get priority enrollment when the doors open. So if you feel called to come and join me inside of Next Level Launch when the doors open up, make sure that you head to strongbabe.co forward slash launch waitlist in order to pop yourself down on the list. I've linked that one in the show notes for you below. So it's super easy for you to go and jump on the list. But just in case you missed it, that is strongbabe.co forward slash launch waitlist. All right, my love, let's get right into this episode with beautiful Katie DePaula. I am so excited to welcome her to the show. Remember, as always, in your favorite parts of the episode, take a screenshot and tag me inside of your Instagram stories at Taylor Ray Peters so that I see it, so that I know that you are loving the episode and so that I can send you some high vibe love over in the DM. excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to dive into your whole journey and everything behind you. I feel like there's just so much that we're going to get into. But first up, I would love for you to tell us what Inner Glow Circle is and what caused you to start it. Yeah. Great question. Great place to start. And thank you for having me here. So um, Inner Glow Circle is a training and certification company for women entrepreneurs and we work with coaches, we work with leaders and, you know, we work with people who have all different kinds of businesses. Um, and sometimes people who, who don't have businesses, but want to, which I call entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, and I started the business in 2015 and it's been a really amazing journey. We've gone from startup to, you know, self-funded, startup. So I really believe in self-funding, but we've gone from self-funded to a million dollar business and this will be our first million dollar year. And that's a really great success story. Um, but my early years in business were full of challenges. And I think that that's probably the most interesting part. Yeah, no, for sure. Congratulations on hitting your first million dollar year. That is so exciting. And what Thank a big you. achievement as well. Like, you know, it's not that long ago that you were obviously just getting started. Like 2015 is not that long ago. And you right. can probably, you know, you can build on this, but do you feel like you've kind of blinked and suddenly you're here? <laughs> Gosh, wow. Um, in, in some moments, yes. Like when I see things from the old days and I see how much I've changed and how I speak has changed and how I look has changed. I'm like, wow. But there's, there was so much that happened in my life. Like, so for me, my story was that I, you know, like many people was just very unfulfilled in the normal nine to five life. I was working in New York city. I had graduated from college and moved straight there, had multiple jobs and just kept feeling like I was not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And my soul just felt like it was dying. And so for me, I, I went through a couple different 
breakthroughs to figure out that I needed to have my own business and then eventually to launch my coaching business. But when I started my current company, Inner Glow Circle, which is my third business and the largest, like most scaled business I've had, um, right, that was 2015, like you said. And, and right after launching that company, I had a slew of really kind of challenging things happen. My brother passed away. I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and went through really intense treatment protocol. And I went through a breakup with a business partner who was also then my fiance. So yeah. when you say like, does it feel like you blink and it happened? Yes, in a sense. And it also feels like, holy crap, so many things yeah. happened over those years. And as you know, the thing about being an entrepreneur is like, life keeps happening. You can't yeah. pause the life button, you know? And <laughs> it, the most challenging thing that happened for me, the, the most tragic thing was I lost my brother. My brother died from an accidental overdose just a few months after I started IGC. And he had struggled for quite some time. Um, but you're never expecting that phone call. No. Right? And so you know, of course I, I did have a team and they were really supportive, but you know, life doesn't stop and I wasn't going to stop the business. In fact, what happened was the business was the thing that really saved my life and gave me hope and kept me going. Um, but yeah, it happens fast, but there's so much stuff that happens along the way and it's enough work and, you know, kind of a personal growth experience to be growing a business. Mm -hmm. And then when life is not, you know, is happening and challenges happen and, um, it throws you all these curveballs while you're also going through startup mode. I'm sure you've experienced it too. It's intense. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for opening up. So honestly as well, like there's a lot that we'll dive into and I'd like to expand on a little bit more, but I think, you know, your honesty and your transparency and your vulnerability, like that was one of the biggest things that drew me to you was your story is insane. Like what you've been through on the side of growing such a successful company and, you know, I would love for you to sort of share, like, you know, that's massive to go through, like a lot of grief, obviously with your brother. And then, you know, obviously being diagnosed with Lyme disease and then also breaking up with your business partner slash fiance, like one Ooh. of those things would have been enough for anyone. And you totally. did three at the same time as stepping into so much success and so much growth and, you know, having a massive impact and calling in, you know, huge abundance into your life, like two very different ends of the spectrum. And Right. I would love for you to share with our listeners, you know, how you did that, like how you dealt with it and what some of the strategies, I guess, or maybe not even strategies is the right word, but, you know, coping mechanisms that you used through that process. And I know that you said your business saved you. So I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit as well. Mm, okay. So, so my business, I'll answer that part first. So my business saved me because like you said, and I agree with you, one of those things would have been enough. Um, and, and in large part, like I've, I've lived a very, you know, privileged life and my needs have been met, but this was a really, really challenging time. And, you know, I get a call first, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. I was going through an intense treatment. I get a call that my brother's passed away and I fly home and, and, you know, I'm there for my family. And the thing about losing someone is like, you don't just lose that person. You lose pieces of all the people that loved that person. Yes. And so it wasn't like I was just dealing with losing my brother. I was dealing with like my, my parents lost their child and my brother lost his brother. And, you know, it was, it was, mm. it was devastating. And 
for me, like, because I was sick and because I was, you know, grieving, um, and, and I guess I, you know, I would say like depressed, I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety, right? Because when you lose someone really suddenly, there can be a lot of trauma connected to that. So, um, I, you know, every time my phone would ring, which this is so hard as a business owner, but every time my phone would ring, my heart would just, you know, be beating so fast because I'd gotten this horrible phone call. And so for me, like it, it required me to really work on myself. I mean, I had to do a ton of therapy and personal work and I've always had coaches and, you know, people that I pay. I think that for those of us who support a lot of people, we have to be really, really supported. And sometimes, as you know, that's difficult. Like we're used to taking care of everyone else, but we don't always remember to take care of ourselves. And sometimes when you're going through like a shit ton of stuff, you don't even know exactly what you need. Yeah. And so I also really had to like really, really get to know myself in terms of what I needed. And um, I had to get comfortable asking for what I needed. And then I had to work around my challenges. So I had to figure out, okay, you know, I'm going like when I was going through Lyme treatment, for example, and I know in our business, um, we attract a lot of people who've experienced chronic illness or who live with chronic illness because training as a coach is a great way to be able to do work you love and you're passionate about and tell your story, but also be able to work from home if going to an office is difficult for you. And that was what happened for me. Like going to an office every day became very difficult. And I didn't even realize that what was happening, but I became part, you know, I went part-time at my job and then I went more part-time and all of a sudden went the the day that my body broke down, it all kind of made sense. Like, oh my God, I've been getting sicker and sicker and didn't even fully know it. And I ended up losing feeling in half of my body. And, and you know, like it's, it just was such a wake up call, but I think that for me, the thing that really had me succeed through all of it was that I never gave up. Like it was just never an option. And I know obviously how cliche that sounds, but I just think with every situation in business and personal, um, giving up can't be an option or else inevitably things will get hard enough that you choose that option. And so I just did whatever I had to do to survive and to make sure the company survived. And not only that everything was surviving, like that's why the title of my book is at least you look good because how I looked was one of the only things I could control over the years, you know? And so I couldn't control the ups and downs of life. And to an extent I could control business, but as you know, being an entrepreneur brings lots of surprises. <laughs> yes, no day is the same, that's for sure. I love that. I feel like there's so much in that to unpack. And I think you absolutely nailed it when you said, you know, like it just wasn't an option for me to give up. And I think that that's something that a lot of us can do with hearing is like, it's your choice what you create out of your life and you're never ever going to have control over the external circumstances and all that you can ever control is what's going on internally for you and how you choose to act and react to what's going on for you. And that's something that I've based my entire life around. Like, you know, the girls who listen to this show know, like I went through a breakdown before starting this business. Like that was the Mm -hmm. catalyst for beginning. This was 
the loss of my last business because I couldn't keep up with it anymore. And I had a full on breakdown, like, you know, and that was what started this one. And I think, you know, with what you're saying as horrific as everything is that you were going through, something that I always say is like, it's always happening for you, not to you. Like there's always something in it that's happening for a reason. And as, as hard as it can be to find that in the moment, you can definitely look back and see that. And I think for you, you know, even like with Lyme disease, which I would love for you to give a little bit more context to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that is something that you could have looked at and said, you know, woe is me. This is horrible. Why is this happening to me? But instead Mm -hmm. like you look back at it and go, okay, well that was obviously helping to nudge me towards stepping into what it was that I was here to do because you know, corporate life and being stuck in a job that was nine to five, it wasn't for you. And maybe if you hadn't Mm -hmm. gone through that, you wouldn't have been quite as eager to get out of, you know, the safety of a corporate net, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that for me, like what propelled me to become a coach was that I had had a few experiences working with my own coaches and I just knew it would be a natural thing for me. Like growing up, everyone always asked for my advice. I was always the best at giving advice and people would joke that I was their therapist, you know? And so I think a lot of us who are coaches and who've, you know, who have service-based businesses, we, we start to figure out how to monetize the things that we're already great at, the gifts that we already have. And so that was the first step for me was just paying attention to what I was already great at and what didn't feel like work. And you have to have that conversation with yourself of like, okay, if it was possible to get paid for anything and sleeping doesn't count, but like if it was possible (laughs) to get paid for anything, what would it would be so amazing to get paid for, you know? And I, I literally was like, okay, if I could get paid for talking to people on the phone, that would be fucking cool as shit. Right. And it just seemed like this pipe dream back then because I was working in New York city, which seemed glamorous. And I'd had internships in like fashion and PR. And at the time I was working a sales job, but I was doing really well. I had a boyfriend at work. Like I was in my early twenties. And so I was kind of living the dream. I was working in a startup. They'd have like, you know, big parties every Friday at the office, but I just wasn't happy. And one day I call, I went to the bathroom and like locked the the bathroom door and called my dad. And I was like, I'm miserable. Is this normal? Yeah. Is this normal? And he's like, what do you mean? And I just burst out in tears. And I was like, dad, I hate this. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was performing well. I remember I was the top salesperson that month. Like, and there weren't many women in the company, it was largely like men. And so I really was standing out and I was getting a lot of recognition and, but I just, I couldn't do it. Like I I wasn't happy and I didn't believe in the product that we were selling anymore and it just wasn't fulfilling me. And so I had to do something. And so that was when I moved home and started my very first business, which was a, a beauty business. It was an organic spray tanning business. And that was then what propelled me to become a coach because I had hired a health coach to help me with my health. This was before I knew I had Lyme. I had hired a business coach to help me with my business when I had my first business. And I was like, wait, these people that I'm paying that, you know, I'm paying like all this money per hour to, I think I could be really great at this. So that was when I decided to train to become a coach. And honestly, since then, I never really looked back. Mm, yeah. And honestly, like even just listening to that, 
to me, it's like the universe was just dropping in front of you the signs that you needed, like being like, hey, like this is a thing that you could be doing as well and allowing you to, you know, get this, the seed of inspiration, like that little divine download that comes through and says like, hey, this could be your calling as well. Like, are you ready totally. to get into this? Um, honestly, I, you saying that, it brings up a lot of emotion for me. I feel like you and I are like, you know, like very connected in this sense. Like you telling that story, like, I'm like, are you like recounting my life? Like, <laughs> same thing, sales, male dominated, corporate world, and same feeling. I used to come home in tears and I, on the outside was killing it. Like, but I would come home miserable in tears. Cry. Like, I just remember like try every day being like, okay, like everything's fine. Like, you know, doing well, making good money, got a nice house. Like, you know, everything seems fine, yeah. not fulfilled. And that same feeling of like, what the fuck? Like there's gotta be more than this. Like, yeah. and, and feeling like, is something wrong with me that I feel this way? Because I don't know about you. Did other people around you get it? <sighs> I mean, no, mm. I, I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So I grew up in a family business, but like a pretty large family business. that's you know, pretty reputable in our, in the DC area. And so I, you know, I grew up like going places and people knew who my grandfather was or knew my dad or, you know, things like that. Um, not terribly big time, but you know, I, I grew up in that world where you had control over your life, mm. but I didn't want to work for my family's business. It just wasn't my dream. I wanted to, you know, go my own way or glow my own way, as we say sometimes. <laughs> I love it. And, and so, you know, I, I did my own thing. Like my family was very much, I, I graduated from a top school in the U.S. I gra- graduated from Vanderbilt University and you know, I, I could have done a lot of different things. I mean, the job market wasn't great when I graduated, but I, I had options. And my family, of course, wanted me to um, come work for the family business. And I just said, no, I need to go to New York. I need to do my thing and figure it out. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's so crazy. As you were talking, I'm, I was realizing something and I don't want to make too bold of a statement here, but the pain that you feel when you you don't know what your purpose is and you feel disconnected is, I would say it, it's different, right? But like when I think back of, of my years, when I think back on my years when I was working in New York and even when I was in college, like I remember just being like, why am I learning this shit? Like what yeah. is the point of all this? When I think back about those years, and then I think about the years after I started IGC when I was really, really challenged with the Lyme, with the loss of my brother, and with the loss of my business partner slash fiance, ex-fiance, um, it, it, obviously nothing will ever top losing my brother. And being chronically sick and not knowing what's wrong for a decade is the fucking worst. Yeah. But those years before I got into business for myself, when I didn't know what I was doing and I just felt so disconnected and like depressed, like I really think depression is disconnection, disconnection. I think there was a, a, a piece of that that was more difficult because even when really, really terrible things happened in my life, after I knew what my purpose was, I was able to link back up to my purpose and remind myself why I was alive and why I was here on this planet and why I was working. 
And so, you know, people always talk about like finding your why. And I think it's like finding your purpose. Like you have to have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, you're just walking around like a shell. And you see people all the time. Like I remember my boyfriend when I was at that job in New York, who's actually my boyfriend now, (laughs) long story. (laughs) I was engaged to someone else in between, but I remember we would joke about like just people, you know, like walking around on the street in New York City and they're like these zombies. It's like they're so checked out, right? And of course, it doesn't matter what city you're in or, you know, if you're in a a suburb, it doesn't matter. Like you go to like, you know, the drugstore or the grocery store or wherever and like people are just, whether they're they're the ones like at the cashier or they're the ones like, you know, buying groceries. It's not everybody, but so many people. It's just like, are they even there? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I remember my boyfriend and I joking like, oh my God, everyone's just like a walking zombie and we don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. And he has his own business now too. So it's kind of funny. We ended up crossing paths and had done a lot of, you know, similar things along the way after Mm -hmm. our first breakup. But you have, you asked me like, were the people around me doing those things? No. I mean, I was sort of a trailblazer for a lot of my friends and, and eventually, you know, later my clients, because I didn't have a lot of examples. My family had, had started multiple businesses. So I did have that, but they were very, very different businesses. They do remodeling for your home. So I didn't know people that were like creating intellectual property or were like writing books or were like, creating online programs, like that stuff was completely out of my realm of, totally. you know, what was normal or possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think back then it was very like, you know, the traditional business sense that your mom and dad knew and that was, you know, sure. having a physical store or some sort of product, right. whereas it's transitioned so much now. And it's one of the biggest industries. I don't know the exact statistics, but I, I heard recently somewhere around like it's a $350 billion a year industry, something like that in terms of mm-hmm. online teaching and, you know, teaching yeah. and courses and programs and mentorship and coaching and all that sort of thing. And it's a freaking beautiful time to be alive, to be honest, because honestly, like no matter what you're passionate about, no matter what it is that you care about, no matter what it is that you've experienced in your life, like if you feel a calling to show up and to teach on it, you have every opportunity available to you. Like anything except the internet to have a whole business. Like, and it's so easy for you to step into that fully, which I think, you know, is something that maybe, you know, when you were first getting started, it might not have been as easy or as accessible, or maybe it was, but it didn't seem like it because not everybody was doing it. You know, it might've felt, you know, a lot harder back then. And I guess I'd love to know what that, you know, what those sort of steps look like for you, what it was that you started doing. And I guess advice for girls now who are looking at starting a business or maybe they've started and they're not having the success that they want to have. Mm. Um, one of the biggest things I see is that, you know, having a business, you know, entrepreneurship, all those sorts of things, it's very glamorized. And I think, mm. it's, you know, it's kind of like whack, you know, the word entrepreneur and your Instagram bio and you're like, yeah, cool. But it's like, it's so much more than that. And I think, Personally, I think that sometimes that gets very forgotten. And then when people don't have the success that they see other people having, they're like, well, why don't I have this? And I think it's important that we have these sort of conversations that talk about what really goes on. And it's not just change your Instagram title and, you know, that's it. There's so much more that goes on in the back end. Would you agree? Oh, my God. Yeah. I think 
so, so advice to people who either want to be entrepreneurs or um, are functioning as entrepreneurs, but not having the success, right? I think that's tough too. Cause like you, you know, we want to operate in integrity and I think a lot of us are having businesses, but you know, secretly working our nine to five and then feeling a lot of guilt and shame about that. I think first of all, just to address that, I, I think it's completely okay. And we highly recommend to our students and our graduates in inner glow circle that they don't quit their day job right away yeah. or their restaurant job or their bartending job, or, you know, that you ease into the entrepreneurial life because, and I always say like, be your own investor. Like let your job that sucks that you can't wait to get out of as long as like you don't have an abusive boss, which some people do, or, you know, it's not completely draining and straining you every day. If you can maintain that job for, I don't know, six months, two years, however, however long it takes you to really get going, that's completely okay. That's what I did. And I think that was a huge reason why I've been successful. I never put all of the weight and the pressure on my business to meet all of my needs. Mm -hmm. And that meant that I could show up for the business, right? Because in the early years, it's, it's likely that you're not going to make a lot of profit. It's likely mm -hmm. that you might not be making more than you're spending or investing, right? Yeah. And, and so if you have another investor, which can be your job, then I think that that's really, really smart. I think that's honestly one of the best things that you could have said. And I think it's very powerful for our listeners to hear because I think that what can happen is like you said, people, there can be like a guilt associated with it or a, a lack of success. If you're like, oh, well, I still have to have a nine to five or I need to be working part time. Like, you know, I'm not being as successful as I should be or would like to be. But I think that you nailed it when it's like, see yourself as an investor in your business. And something that I always say, and with a lot of my clients too, exactly the same belief. And I'm like, shift your energy around your business from a state of hating it and having a lot of resentment around it to a state of gratitude. Because obviously when you yeah. do that, you're going to raise your vibes anyway. You're going to become more of a match for what it is that you want to call in because you shift into a state of abundance rather than a state of scarcity as well. So instead of hating your job and going, oh my gosh, this is holding me, and I see this so much, this is holding me mm -hmm. back so much from having success in my business. If I didn't have my nine to five, I'd be so much more successful in my business because I'd have more time to apply to it. And I always say, no, no, like exactly what you said. You need to shift and go, okay, well, this is literally allowing me the income to one, float my life and two, invest right. in my business to grow, which then oh, allows right. your business to grow. But what it also does is it takes away the scarcity mindset when it comes to getting clients or selling products or, you know, having, filling coaching spots. Like, because if you're coming from a place of, holy shit, if I don't fill this spot or get this client, you come from it like a scarcity state around money. And so that yeah. comes across when you're on, you know, discovery calls and things like that. And people can feel the desperation. Whereas when you go, I'm doing this because this is my purpose and I want to have this conversation and have an impact on this person's life. And I'm sweet because my job's paying for everything else. You attract more money into your life. You attract more clients. You attract more success. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, I, I really, really love that. I think that that is just such a, such a, like a really, really good point. And I would love to sort of, you know, dive into, obviously, like you've had massive success, um, obviously with your company. And I know that you said you had different businesses 
prior to it, um, and you said first off that like, you got into coaching and then like started in a glow. And so like, mm-hmm. I would love to know like what the difference is there. Like what is the transition from, you know, just coaching to having like a fully fledged company and you know, what's mm. your team like all those sorts of things. Yeah. Such a good question. So basically, um, what happened for me, what, or what I manifested rather, um, was I started coaching at the end of 2012 and I did it for a few years, just solo, you know, just uh, private practice. And then I had two girlfriends who graduated from my same coach training program that we ran a group coaching program together. And I knew I always really liked and flourished when I was working with a team And so I started to think about that and I started to also think about, you know, the possibility of making real money through coaching. I was doing well. I mean, I was definitely making six figures between all of my businesses. And at that point I was still in my full-time job. So I, I was working a full-time job. I was running this side business that was an organic spray tanning business And that was, you know, I I partnered with different gyms in Washington, D.C. And then I started coaching. And what happened was I had to start hiring people to help because I wasn't in a position financially yet to quit my full-time job. Like I didn't want to. I wanted to keep that going and I could manage that. But I hired someone to help me with the spray tanning business. So I think that you have to start to buy your time back if you're going to scale. And so that was the first hire that I made was I hired one of the girls that I met through the spa who I had become friends with, who was an esthetician. So she was actually much more qualified than I was. Like I, I did all the trainings and I was qualified, but she was an esthetician. I mean, she could take it to the next level. Right. And that's been a really big belief of mine as well. And it's something that I actually learned from my grandfather was like hire people who are better than you. Mm -hmm. And I used to be really afraid of that. I used to think that if I hired people that outshined me, like I'd become unvaluable, but it's actually the opposite. Like we talk about in IGC, we talk about operating in your glow zone, which is essentially your, your zone of genius. People call it that. But to us, it's like the area where you glow, where you light up the most, it's easiest for you. That if you're doing that work, the majority of the time, you're so fucking happy, right? And there are times in our lives where even if we love the work that we do, we start to get too much out of our glow zone and we start to resent our work. And then we have to get back into our glow zone, right? And so I think, you know, when you ask about how did I transition from being a solopreneur to being um, an entrepreneur that was, you know, managing a team, now we have a team of 20 people. I, the way that I did that was like one by one. So it was like one by one bringing in the next person that I needed that was going to make the biggest impact on the business that would be able to take on the thing that I either had gotten, I I had taken it as far as it could go. Right. So I'm, I have a lot of skills, like I'm really well-rounded and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, or we have to become that way. Yeah. And but instead of being stubborn about, oh, I don't want to give up, you know, the, like the teaching portion, I don't want to give up 
um, this management portion. I don't want to give up doing graphic design or I don't want to give up copy editing because I love it. I had to put my ego aside and say like, no, Katie, in order for you to really do what you need to do in the business and stay in your glow zone and grow in your glow zone, which for me is like being the visionary of the company. Like that's what I need to do. And that's the role that I need to stay in. But I was so used to like doing tasks and managing things here and there that that was all I could like think about day to day. And so for me, growth has been about like one by one, bringing in the right person for the right job and offloading as much of my own work in that area as I could. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a journey, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like it can happen fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it takes time. Like I said, it's a process and I think that that it's such a valuable point. And like you said, like time is your most valuable asset. Like it's the only back. So I think it's the thing that you want to be investing in the most is whatever you can do to outsource the tasks that aren't, you know, in your glow zone. Um, That's what you need to be doing so that you can really show up in the ways that you're really needed as well. And I really feel you on this. I used to be someone when I first started my business, I remember, you know, my partner James talked to me about, you know, like, grow the team. And I remember at the time, like very first starting out being like, no, I can do it all by myself. Like I've got the skills. I'm fine. And for me, it was again, same as you, like that ego thing where you're like, no, no, I've got it. Like I can do it. I'm capable. And it's like, but that only your growth, like that hinders you from showing up in all the ways that hinders you from reaching the people that need you, that hinders you from growing the company and giving people jobs and all those sorts of things. And I think when you can start to realize that and combine that with the need for getting your time back and really, you know, capitalizing on where you shine the most. I think that that's so powerful. So for those who are maybe in that, you know, solopreneur stage and wanting to move into, you know, more of an entrepreneur and building out, you know, a team and growing into a more, you know, established sort of company, what would your best bit of advice be? And I guess, where would you say to start looking at in terms of hiring first? Mm. Okay. So great questions. I mean, I think the first thing is it's really important to recognize this mistake that we often make that I've made. I'm sure you made, right. We're outing ourselves here, but I used to think like you said that I had to do it all and that I could do it all. And that that was really kind of like the, the, the smart thing to do and the brave thing to do and the right thing to do. Right. Like, let me just manage all of this myself. And that's such a mistake, but I also thought that I was the only one. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel this way. I'm sure you have, you probably know what I'm going to say. (laughs) I was the only one who could do it my way. Yes. (laughs) And you guys can't see me, but I'm putting quotes up. I was the only one who could do it my way, the Katie way. Right. And Mm -hmm. Katie's such a perfectionist. And you know, I'm, I would always say like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, good at everything, but I'm not great at anything. And, and I had to find what I was really great at so I could give up what I was good at because there's people who are great at the stuff that you're good at. And I had to find those people, but I was a little cocky in the beginning. And I also was cheap. Like I didn't want to just hire every single, you know, part of my business out before I knew what was really needed. And so I was, I was a little bit conservative financially in the beginning. And I think that that was a smart move but I got a little stubborn about it. And what I realized was like, yes, I was the only one who could do it my way. So what I had to do was create a system for my way. And that's how you start to become a business. 
because yeah. it's not just like I, the most important thing I do Taylor is I teach my team how to think and I teach them how to think like me, but I teach them how to think in their version of me. Right. So I give them like, le- like decision-making lenses. So to me, like I had to, I had to create a, my way had to become a system and I just stopped thinking of it. Like, you know, you have to stop thinking of your business as a thing that needs you to operate. You have to start thinking, and this is where my sickness came in because to be completely honest, I, at one point in 2017, took two months off of work and didn't know if I was going to go back to work. And I called like my right hand then who is, you know, still, still that, and is my business partner now, Olivia Chapman. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back to work. Can you run the company without me? And she was like, Katie, yeah, but I don't want to. And, but like I, because I was so sick and I, my treatment was so intense for Lyme, I had to consider that. I really had to consider what if I can't go back to work? How will I advise these women to run this company and grow this company without me being part of it? And it was such a good mindset shift for me. I mean, dear goodness, I hope, you know, I don't wish it on anyone to learn that way. I mean, I really did learn the Mm -hmm. hard and, and painful way and not so much because I made mistakes with how I grew the team. I mean, I did make some, some mistakes early on. You hire the wrong person sometimes, but because I was sick, I learned the hard way. Like mm. I, I had to hire people because I literally couldn't do things. Yeah. Yeah. So there had to become a more systemized way that wasn't just like the Katie way. And people don't get to, you know, like camp a tent in your brain. Your brain is your brain and it stays in your head and you have to find the best ways possible to try to communicate how you think and how you make decisions yeah. and the lens that you make choices through. And if you can communicate that, you can grow a team. I think that is such a valuable piece of information right there. Like, like hear that as well. Like if you're like growing a team and, you know, wanting to, you know, branch out and really start to step into that full impact. Like, I think that that's so important to, to really pay attention to that before you go ahead and start doing that rather than hiring and then being frustrated as to like, why aren't they doing it my way? Or why aren't they creating it the way that I wouldn't? It's like, did you give them those tools for success? Did you set up the strategies? Did you set up, you know, did you do the screen flows? Did you talk about your brand? Did you talk about, you know, the aesthetic? Did you talk about the way that your copy is written? Did you go through that or did you just go, well, why aren't you doing it? This is what I did. You right. should do it too. And I think that that's really important. And it's definitely something that I've done in my business. I've just gotten into the habit now where like, if I'm doing something that doesn't already have some sort of procedural thing, a screen flow takes place. Like I will record as I go because that's, I'm like, okay, well, smart. it's going to be useful at some point. We've just got an Excel sheet and it's literally like, how to X, Y, Z with a link. And we just keep it all. And we just allocate it all so that whenever we are growing, you know, the next role within the team, they don't come on and go, well, where the hell do I start? It's like, okay, start here, watch these, learn this. And then very quickly, you're going to start to get, you know, a good picture of how the business operates or a good picture of, you know, the message we need to communicate Mm -hmm. or a good picture of the way that we deal with our clients, like all those sorts of things. So I think, you know, if you're in those stages where you're stepping into it or you think it might be happening soon, 
take note of that and start to think, you know, what ways can you start to replace yourself in your business? You know, what can, what do you want to start handing off? And to do so, what do you need to actually teach someone? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what really takes you from, you know, just, you know, own, like having a business. And in some cases, you know, I see it a lot where you own a job. So essentially like as soon as you leave, again, business, like business is gone. Like you're kind of trapped there. And like, if you can't like leave and have a holiday or, you know, be sick and take a month off or whatever, you need to start really assessing that because you want like, ultimately, like, I think that that's the thing that a lot of us start a business for obviously, you know, the impact side of things, but the freedom as well. Like, and I think yeah. that that gets lost a lot, especially, you know, when you are starting a business, because it does feel like you've got 10 million and one things to do. And it can be very easy to sort of trap yourself in that space for a long time, unless you wake up and go, okay, well, is this what I wanted? Like, do I want to be stuck here and to never, ever, ever, ever stop or my business stops? Or do I want to create freedom for myself and to create freedom for yourself, you need to start replacing yourself. So I think that yeah. that is a really, really great piece of advice. I'd love for you to touch on any of your, like, obviously for you, like you're managing, you know, a team of 20, you've got so many things going on. You've got a book coming out. Talk to us about time management, because I feel like you would be very good at that. And maybe some of the ways that you, implement that to stay on top of everything that you're doing project management wise and with your routine like what does that look like for you oh my god you know time management is such a funny thing like I remember realizing the first time someone hired me for help with time management that like that was never what it was about to begin with it was always about our relationship with time and how we choose around our time I mean to me time is the resource I have this thing that I teach that's called melts and it's, it's a, a model to explain resources and the, the resources are money, energy, love, time, and space. Mm -hmm. And my thing is like the way you relate to one resource is probably how you relate to resources in general, right? And so when you talk about like scarcity versus abundance, if we believe that money is scarce, we probably think time's pretty scarce too. Yeah. But there's typically one resource out of those, and I'll say them again, money, energy, love, time, and space that you have a better relationship with, a healthier relationship with. And so what I do is I try to take the, the, the resource that I have the best, strongest relationship with and then apply the relationship to the other resources because it's all the same. Mm. So I've actually been really, I've always been really great with money and my family taught us a lot about money growing up more than most people. So I'm very lucky for that. But, you know, I was, I was always a saver and I always worked. And so money's an area where like, I actually feel very confident in, in general. Um, and so I took that and I, I related it to time because time I did not feel good around like time. I felt like time is so limited whereas money, there's like endless supplies. You can create more and more and more time. It's like, it's, you know, we're trapped. There's 24 hours in a day and I like to sleep, right? So when you talk about time management, I think it's really about your relationship to the resource. So if the resource we're talking about is time here, which it is, then you want to look at like, what is your relationship to time? So I always say to people, like, if time was a person, describe your relationship. Hmm. And it might be a tumultuous relationship or it might be a dramatic relationship or it might be a relationship that's like super off and on. Sometimes you feel like you have so much. Sometimes you feel like you have none, right? And so for me, time management is really about looking at how, I'm, how I am using my time. How am I operating? Like it's, it's really a high level look at 
what are my days like? How do I feel at the end of the day? How do I feel when I wake up? Am I looking forward to how I'm spending my day and spending my time? Or are there certain things that I'm dreading? If there's certain things that I'm dreading, that's an opportunity to take stock and start to make some changes or at least make some initial plans to make some changes. Like stuff needs to change if you're not enjoying how you're spending the majority of your time. And for me, like a lot of my time, I didn't enjoy when I was in college studying. It was never my thing. When I was in New York working, you know, multiple different jobs, like I felt so trapped. But when you're an entrepreneur, like you actually get to shift things. It took me a couple of years to realize that though, because I was used to being sort of victim to time and the constraints of my schedule and where I needed to be when. But I think that you really have to think about how you want to feel when you're spending your time. You have to think about like, I mean, it's just our manifestation process, right? Like having a vision for how you want to spend your time, how you want to feel with time, how you want to relate to time. And then starting to like, you know, feel your way into that. And when you start feeling it, you'll start being it. And when you start being it, you'll start doing it. And that's what, you know, creates things the way that we want to. But if you want to talk technicalities, I mean, I time block most of my calendar, meaning like most of my days are blocked off very clearly stating what I'm doing. And um, I take my to-do list and I put it onto my schedule every week. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I double the, the amount of time that I think things are going to take because I'm a perfectionist and I'd rather do the job well than not do it. Um, and I delegate as much as possible at home and at work. I think that's amazing. And I love that your response wasn't just straight into the strategy and straight into the techniques. I love that you went into all of like the relationship side of things, because honestly, I think you can do as much time blocking as you want and you can have your to-do list sorted to a T, but if you don't have that relationship sorted first, you can spend three hours sorting out your routine and time blocking, but good luck implementing it and sticking to it. And feeling any better because you're still going to have that same relationship unless you address it first. So I think that that is a really, really good tip that our listeners can take away is to like check your relationship with it. And I love the melts framework. I think that that's amazing. Mm. And I think like, look at it on all levels. I just quickly want to ask, um, obviously like money, energy, love, time, and space was the fifth. What mm-hmm. do you mean by space? So space is like the, the level of spaciousness that you feel you have in your life. And that might be physical, like you might feel like maybe you have kids or you have a partner and, um, you know, or both, um, and you don't feel like you have a lot of space. Maybe with your full-time job, you don't feel like you have a lot of mental space, emotional space, creative space. So it's just, it's, people always ask about uh, space. That's the one people always ask me about, like, what exactly do you mean? But I think that like spaciousness is where we're able to um, create from. And if, we, if we're in a funk or we feel stuck, we actually, we think we need to do more, but the reality is we need to scale back and do less and open up more spaciousness for ourselves. Yeah. So to me, that's really important. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and thank you for expanding on it. And I'm, I, honestly, I'm glad that I asked and I'm glad that a lot of people ask you about it because to me, the fact that a lot of people ask you about it means that they're, you know, they don't necessarily have the awareness of the thing that's missing. And I think yeah. the fact that you highlight it and, you know, the way that you've just explained that 
it's so clear to me, like, you know, it's kind of that freedom in your life to have that freedom to move and time for self-care or time for nothingness, you know, those, those, right. those times for you in your life, like that ability to just have a quiet moment, like all those sorts of things, I think kind of fall under that category. And I think, I think it's great that you included in and you didn't just stop at melt because you could have easily, but I think <laughs> It's really good that you brought the S in because I think that that's it. it is a really important element that, like you said, you know, often you do need to do less, not more. And I think a lot of the time people can feel very anxious or very overwhelmed or dissatisfied in their life and they're looking at the other four going, well, what is it here that I need to fix? And it's none of those things, but it is that time for space. And I just think that that's a really good thing as well. Um, okay, cool. So... Honestly, I've loved this chat so much. I do want to ask, like, you know, you're doing so well in so many areas of your life. Obviously, you've overcome so much. You've got amazing things set in place and a lot that's coming up for you to look forward to. I would love to know what's one thing at the moment that, you know, you're maybe struggling with a little bit or that you've learned a lesson from recently or that you're evolving through at the moment. Mm. I mean, I think that... For me, I, you know, I, I th there's a couple things. I mean, I, there's still like threads of the, the things that I went through, right? So I'm just going to be completely transparent. And for the people that are listening who have been through really, really hard things, I think sometimes conversations around manifesting and abundance are really hard to hear when you're depressed or when you're sick or when you've just gone through a major, major loss because you really can't manifest your way out of trauma. Like that is something that you have to, I mean, ultimately you can manifest healing, right? But it's not just a mindset thing. And when you go through things that really fuck with your head, like a major loss or, you know, really traumatic situations, whatever they are, you, you can't just think your way out of it. You have to um, really shift the way that you operate and probably do some, some healing and you have to give yourself time. I mean, I always told myself like, Katie, you're still in recovery. You're still in recovery. You're still in recovery. And it wasn't as an excuse. It was just a way to be a little bit more patient with myself. Yeah. So I'm still dealing with some of the threads of that, right? Like, um, I think because of the things that I've gone through and how quickly I went through them and how kind of condensed they were, yeah. I still have trouble just being, happy and thinking everything's going to be okay. I, I, I mean, I, I was diagnosed with PTSD after losing my brother and after some of the, the traumatic stuff that had happened in that relationship that I was in. And so, you know, a lot of people have gone through stuff like that. And if you've gone through like hard times, there's this imprint that kind of stays with you. So for me, it's like the challenge right now is like, shifting. Now I'm doing more mindset work because I've laid the foundation with therapy and with, you know, coaching too, and all different kinds of spiritual healings. I'm a very, very spiritual person. And that's been a huge, you know, kind of savior for me too. And something that's gotten me through harder times, but it doesn't, it hasn't for me, it hasn't completely gone away. I still worry a lot. And so for me, like being comfortable with success and being comfortable with abundance and being comfortable with things being easy when things have been really, really hard is sort of my growth edge right now. Yeah. So for me, it's like, 
you know, when people say like business can be easy, I, and, or anything can be easy, right? I, I think that's a little skewed. I think it can be easier or we can have more easeful experiences, but I think some parts of life are challenging and they are hard. Mm. But for me, it's been like, I'm so used to hard that now that things, you know, we have more resources and it's easier to ask for help. And my relationship's really great. And, you know, I'm really healthy. Like for me, getting used to that has been the challenge. And maybe that seems odd or counterintuitive, but now I'm looking for the easier routes. So like I have to open and expand my brain and here's where the manifesting does come in, but I have to expand my brain to the possibility of things being easy or things being easier. Right. And even though I have all these memories or imprints of things being hard, I know not everything is going to be like that. And I think I got thrown into, you know, quite a few kind of soul shaking situation so that I could really come out and be an example for other people who felt like, well, I would, but I can't because we make so many excuses for ourselves. And the reality is that if you really, really want something, you can't let the bad shit that happens to you take you out of the game. You have to still go after it or glow after it. Yes. I love it. Thank you for sharing that so honestly and so transparently. Like, Honestly, I can just, so many emotions come up as you were speaking through all of that. And honestly, I think that you, you brought up a really good point. And I think it is something that does need to be spoken about more where, and it's something that I'm very big on as well. Like, obviously we speak a lot about manifestation on this podcast, but mm-hmm. this, to me, one of the biggest things that I see is manifesting gets like this title that I think people think it's like a magic pill. And it's just like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm like just manifest it. And it's like, I think to me, the definition of manifest manifestation and what it actually encompasses is lost on a lot of people where they're like, Oh, just manifest it. Like, just make it happen. And it's like, do you realize like there's so much more that goes into that? Like there's so many more elements that you need to allow yourself to work through and there's action that you need to take and there's mindset work that you need to do. And yes, it will manifest for you, but that doesn't mean you just like think about it. And there it is. Like sometimes that means allowing yourself to go through the really fucking shit stuff that really feels hard and to sit with it and to feel the emotions and to not force yourself out of there when there's still healing to be done and to allow that to take place so that the next step can take place. Like all of those things are really important. Yeah. I'm just glad that you brought that up. It came up on one of my client calls the other day where one of my clients was struggling with something personal to her. And she said, I can't just talk myself out of this Tay. Like I'd like, what the fuck? Like I'm supposed to just, you know, do affirmations and it will be fine. And I said to her, I'm so glad that you asked this because like, no, like you can do as many affirmations as you want, but if your energy isn't behind it, if you don't really believe what it is that you are saying, basically your ego is going to flare up and be like, bullshit. Like that's Mm -hmm. not true. And so of course, if you're not believing it and you need to do other work to be able to make that true for you, of course, that's going to be a difficult process. And so it's not about, you know, go from zero to a hundred in terms of like, you know, you feel like shit, but you just keep saying like, I feel amazing and life is great because that feels like a lie. It's about just like incremental, tiny little, like a tiny little pivot, like the littlest thing that's like today is better than yesterday. And that's something that you can say that is a lot more believable that you can get behind energetically. And then those little shifts every single time ultimately get you to where you want to go. But if you try to go from where you are and just do a 180 degree flip, I feel like that 
is just setting you up to just, you know, have a very difficult road ahead. So I think that I love, I love the honesty there that like, you know, it's okay to go through things. It's okay for things to feel difficult, but it's about realizing like, it's all part of your journey. It's all happening for a reason. Even coming out the other side, you being able to speak about this now, it's going to reach someone that needs to hear it. You get to speak mm-hmm. about it. You get to share your experiences. You get to right. educate others so that they don't have to go through, you know, similar things where you can shortcut it a little bit for them, you know, and that's all an amazing thing. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, of course. I, I know that you've got your book coming out in 2020. At least you look good. Can you just tell us a little bit about that, who it's for? And yeah, I'm sure our listeners will be excited to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's for the woman who's going through shit, but wants to glow through all of it. So um, I say, I always say this thing, it's kind of funny, but I say glow through what you go through. And for me, like that was what I did. And I didn't realize it then. And even with what you just shared and your, your story about your client, I think that's really important because, you know, I think what happened for me was that when I was going through my really hard time, I was still manifesting. It just was really delayed in some ways because my energy was so, um, I was so in pain. And I, in a lot of ways, I couldn't have forced things to happen sooner than they did. Right. But I teach, I know you teach manifesting too. I teach a five step manifestation process, which is just, it's really simple. It's just see, feel, be, do, have. Mm. And I think that sometimes it takes a long time to even be able to see, to be able to see the vision of what you're creating. And for me, like I had to say to myself, what would it even be like to, to have all these things have happened, but not be living in pain? Like, what would it be like to not only accept the fact that my brother has passed away, but be able to celebrate it, not just celebrate his life as people say, but celebrate his death and, and honor him and, you know, celebrate everything that my family has done and created after he passed because we created a foundation and, you know, we've saved a lot of lives through losing him. And I'm very spiritual and, you know, I, I have figured out ways to connect with my brother while he's on the other side. And so there was a lot of peace in that. But I think that, you know, the, that's a lot of what I talk about in the book. And, um, there's three parts of the book. We talk about, I I talk about, you know, body and my journey with my body and, and the journey that, you know, many people go through and then beauty and my journey kind of discovering there and what I learned about myself and about others and the world through that having a beauty business, but then also focusing on myself and my own beauty. Cause like I said, a lot of times that was only the only thing I couldn't control. I couldn't control how I felt, but Mm -hmm. to a large extent I could, I could do things about how I looked. So for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't vain. It was survival. It was like figuring out what I could make a dent in because you know, a lot of things I, I, I couldn't, or I was being going through treatment and people would say to me all the time, like, wait, you're sick. You look really good. And so that's where the title of the book came from because even, and it still, it happens all the time. I went to see my psychiatrist, maybe like, I don't know, a few months ago, three, four months ago. And I was having a shit week and she had tried some medication, had me try some medication that was like horrible. Like it just, 
I'm very sensitive and, and a lot of medication I can't handle. And she's, I show up and she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, like shit, like terrible. And she's like, but you look great. And I'm, I just was dying because I just talked to my editor and we were going over the book title again. And I'm like, dude, it, this is what it is. Like, especially I think women experience this. And I've had a lot of friends talk about times when they went through a breakup and they lost so much weight and their mom or their friends, or they're like, that breakup looks really good on you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's, it's funny, but it's sad because it, we only pay attention sometimes to how things look on the outside. And often we don't even believe people or believe ourselves when we say things aren't feeling so great on the inside. So that's what the book is about. It's about like the way things look on the outside, what's really going on on the inside, my journey over the past five years and all the shit that I learned in growing my business and, and kind of, you know, glowing, but also going through so much Mm. and how pain really developed me as a person. Yeah. That sounds like it is going to be amazing. I'm very excited (laughs) to read it. (laughs) I have a feeling that is going to be very well received by everyone because I feel like it just relates to so many of us on so many different levels. So where will people be able to find that when it's out? Um, you'll be able to find it all over the internet, but we'll definitely be selling it on our website, which is interglowcircle.com. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure it'll be on Amazon. Amazing. That's so great. I would love for you to leave our listeners with just one piece of advice before you go, like anything that you feel that just didn't get spoken on or one piece of advice for those who want to step into their purpose or start to have an impact or build a business or have some sort of better mindset shift. Like one thing that you feel this just comes through for you right now that you just feel you want to leave our listeners with. Yeah. Well, I I think as, as, kind of deep as it is, or as light as it is, you know, whether it's just a shitty day or it's a shitty year or decade, um, you can't let the bad shit that happens to you take you out of the game. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. I I talk about, you know, this idea of blowing through what you're going through. And I really believe it. Pain is a hard thing. So, you know, growing a business can be painful. Working at the gym can be painful. Like, losing someone or going through a major breakup or dealing with an eating disorder or whatever's on your, you know, figurative plate. Um, it's, it's tough. There's parts of life that are tough and pain is a hard thing, but it doesn't have to just be a hard thing. And so I talk a lot about rebranding resilience and making it sexier. And what I mean by that, and this is my mindset tip for our listeners is I look at everything that happens in my life, everything, whether it's big or small, anything that feels like a little bit of a step back or a bump in the road. And I ask myself this one question and I'll ask myself this one question again and again and again until I get an answer. And the question is, how is this an opportunity? How is this an opportunity? And it doesn't matter if it's like an argument at work or at home, or if it's like, a loss, right, of a client or some kind of opportunity or anything that seems like it's not good, there's always something in it, right? There's always a glow in the dark or the silver lining, as people call it. So I ask myself again and again and again, all day, every day about this one thing until I get an answer. How is this an opportunity? 
And, you know, to me, like you have to, you have to become the glow in the dark. Like you become the opportunity because you start to see what the opportunity could be. And it's all content. Like every part of life is giving us content. It's giving us stories to tell. It's giving us things to talk about that we overcame. And so even if it's just that, like even if the thing, the glow in the dark is that you're going to write a book about this someday and you're going to make millions of dollars, like whatever it is, not that that's a small thing, that's a big thing, but you know, there's always an opportunity. We just have to find it. And if you open your mind and, and you take that mindset, that lens of how is this an opportunity? How is this an opportunity? How is this an opportunity? You will see the opportunity. Mm. So when stuff gets hard, guys, you have to ask yourself that question. How is this an opportunity? And yeah. when you look for the opportunity, you will find it. Yeah. I love it. That is the best. What a beautiful piece of advice to finish on is just be open to it, allow it to come through and just know everything's happening for you, not to you. And there's going to be some sort of opportunity. So what a beautiful, beautiful note to finish on. Thank you so, so much. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. This has been incredible. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing everything with all of our listeners. I just know that they will have gotten so much out of it. For those who want to connect with you further, tell them where they can find you, put all your, let them know all your details. We'll put it in the show notes as well, but tell them now so okay. they can go and connect with you right away. Yeah. So you guys can find us on, and me on innerglowcircle.com. Um, Instagram is at innerglowcircle or at it's Katie DePaula. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are kind of our main places. Instagram or on Facebook, we have an amazing free Facebook group. If you want to search for it, it's inner glow circles, free community. Um, and we also have a really great assessment, like a quiz to help you figure out what your purpose is. If you're kind of like Taylor and I, and you're, you're in that space where you're trying to figure out what's next. Um, we have a really great assessment to help you get clear on what your purpose is and what you're meant to be doing with your life. Because like I said, and I, I think you agreed with me on this one, things really change when you tap into your purpose and it makes the hard parts of life a little bit easier because you realize like why, and you have something to pour your passion into and it creates this fuel. So that's at innerglowcircle.com slash purpose. And yeah, thank you so much. This is amazing. You're such a queen and I love how much, uh, you know, you're sharing with people about manifestation and creation and, and how honest you are with, what it takes because it, it's, it's not um, an easy journey that we say yes to when we go on this entrepreneurial journey, but it's quite possible. And I just, I love how you teach and what you're teaching. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. My heart. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So I really appreciate it. Feeling is so mutual, darling. I love what you're doing and the impact that you're having in the world. And I'm just so grateful to have been able to share it with our listeners as well. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for spending this time with me. If you loved the episode, make sure that you let me know by leaving a five-star review, screenshot the episode and share it in your stories or send me a DM. Make sure you come and connect with me over on Insta at Taylor Ray Peters and check out my website for programs, courses and tools that will help you take everything that we talk about on the podcast to a whole other level. I love you. I'm sending you all the high vibes and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.